0: Hello friends, this is a surprise mini episode as part of a fun new series I'm doing once a month where I introduce you to other wonderful podcasts that might bless and benefit your life. These shows are produced by or part of my podcast network, Cloud 10 Media, and it has been so rewarding for me to collaborate with other podcasters who are working hard to get their important messages out into the world. The show I'm featuring today is a podcast that I love called Simple Families, which I've been listening to for several years. I actually reached out to the host, Ine Ahona via email about a year ago and basically said, do you want to be friends? <laughs> and guess what? Now we are. We actually text on a regular basis and have become true colleagues in the podcasting space, which is so, so fun. By way of background, Danae is a mother of two who also has a PhD in child psychology. So as she says in her podcast intro, on the Simple Families podcast, you're going to hear conversations that are based in research, but more importantly, real life. Simple Families is a podcast for parents who are seeking a simpler, more intentional life, covering topics such as minimalism with kids, positive parenting, family wellness, and decreasing the mental load. I was actually a guest on Danae's podcast several months ago talking about idealizations in motherhood. And she was a guest on 3 and 30 talking about minimizing power struggles. So I will link both of those episodes in the show notes. And for today's mini episode, I handpicked an excerpt from Danae's show to air for you so you could get a taste of her work. And it comes from a recent episode she aired titled Raising Critical Thinkers with guest Julie Bogart. There was a segment in that conversation that struck me to the core all about how important it is to allow people in our families, including our own children, to have different beliefs from us and to know that they are still deeply loved, valued, and home when they are with us. You're going to want to listen to every word of this excerpt from the Simple Families podcast and then head on over to Danae's feed to listen to the entire episode, which I will link in the show notes so it's easy for you to find. So with no further ado, I'm honored to introduce you to, or to reintroduce you to, if you were already familiar, the important work of my friend, Denae Barahona, from her podcast, Simple Families. Here we go.
1: I'm thinking about all the ways in which the political climate has kind of infiltrated every aspect of our lives. And... I know I, I heard you say that you and your dad have differing political views. And so many families, I feel like, have been torn apart over this. Can you just give any yes. insight into families that that may be feeling that and how you've handled it?
2: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Every child wants to feel the admiration of a parent, and it doesn't go away. I'm 60 years old. I still want my dad's approval, right? He's 85. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I sent him my book. And he actually wrote back, he's the king of hyperbole. So he called it a masterpiece, which <laughs> actually still surprised me because we are so different. And I didn't know if he would read it and read it through through the lens of his judgment of the way I see the world, but he didn't. And after we were sitting together and talking about my book, he then veered into some political views he had and he was identifying people that he really doesn't like. And I said, well, dad, here's what just happened. You told me you really enjoyed my book, and you agreed with these thinking tools. He's a lawyer, by the way, so very good at thinking. And um, and I said, let's eliminate personalities from the conversation, and let's pick an issue that you think is critical for today, and let's discuss it using some of these tools. So he picked free speech, and we got into a pretty good conversation about tech companies, free speech, whether or not corporations deserve the right to regulate what happens with their customers, uh, who would make those regulations, how we see the government. Um, And it lasted about 10 minutes of really good. And then, of course, it took a turn because he's invested Mm -hmm. in his point of view and he's older than me and he feels like this is his last chance to get me to see it his way. When I think about families, the best we can do is create room for a person to show up as they are where they don't feel unwelcome because of disagreement, doesn't mean you'll ever align. You can set your own guidelines for how you have those conversations. If they get too heated, offer them another piece of pie, (laughs) give their mouths something else to do. (laughs) But during the conversation, if you can prioritize actually trying to picture how the views they hold Create a beautiful picture of the world in their minds, you'll get further. Mm. And that's usually where I start now with people. So tell me how your view of free speech creates a beautiful picture of America. And then the follow up question you can ask if you want to, after you've thoroughly listened, not as a gotcha, how does that view also account for? And then fill in the blank. How does it account for me? How does it account for this group? How does it account for this idea? And give them more to address. But your job isn't to convert anyone or even to catch them off guard in, you know, sort of their hypocrisy. We all have hypocrisy. So that can't be the goal of a conversation.
1: I recently interviewed Bumi Laditan. Are you familiar with her work, The Honest Toddler?
2: I have not read it. No, oh, I recognize her amazing. name though. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so she, I, I circled this
1: quote, it feels relevant here. It says, it's taken many years, but I think I finally love you enough to let you be you. Oh. and I just that—that that was really near and dear to my heart because I—it's this as as parents, you know, as you described with your father, that we feel this need to pass along us. Mm. To quote Andrew Solomon in his book *Far from the Tree*, we engage in an act of production, not reproduction. Mm. We don't reproduce ourselves; we produce a child, and that when we do, when we produce, it doesn't look exactly like us. And that takes many years to really wrap our heads and hearts around.
2: One of the challenges, and I've got grandchildren now, so I'm watching my son and daughter-in-law parent their kids. And one of the challenges is that when you give birth or when you adopt a child, you're bringing them into the bosom of your home And you've got a couple decades on them. So you've got experience they don't have. And in the early years, they think of you as a hero. And they want the benefit of all that experience. And it feels so reciprocal and good. But there's a moment when your kids exit the front door and they enter the home of someone else and they see that there is a logically coherent way to be that is different Mm -hmm. than yours. That is the beginning of their differentiation from you. And it can be kind of terrifying for a parent because we see that the intimacy we crave is at risk. We're worried that they're going to bond to somebody else's way of life, which feels like invalidation of all the energy we've poured into our kids. When I think about this transition from raising little babies and toddlers into the younger sort of six, seven, eight years old stage, what I like to invite parents to do is really think about how to go down the rabbit trail of dissent. One of the values of parents seems to be cooperation. Every book I read is about how to get kids to cooperate. Right. <laughs> and so that's so the highest goal of your adulting. Hands. like, that's it, right? Yes. A small ask. And yes. If you could just <laughs> buckle yourself in the car seat and not get out right. when I'm driving, I would be such a happy mother. But the truth is, dissent is what creates the strongest bond. Because if you can be loved when you don't agree, Mm -hmm. you have intimacy. If agreement is the foundation of your relationship, your intimacy is at risk every day of your life Mm -hmm. because the moment they think away from you, you're not close. So if you want closeness, allowing your kids to not think how you think is the key.